Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. You're listening to Achtung Law, broadcasting from the beautiful South Birmingham. Accept no substitute. Well, hello, dear listeners. Welcome to a Monday edition of Act on Millwall. My name is Nick Hart. You're listening to the number one podcast broadcasting from South Bermondsey. Well, not quite, but you know what I mean. It's a figure of speech, dear listeners, isn't it? We speak in the aftermath of the win, good win in the end, for Millwall up at Wickham Wanderers, up at Adams Park over the weekend. Um, as ever, when we play Wickham Wanderers, there's always a certain kind of scuffly quality to it. I don't think I've ever seen us play Wickham Wanderers in a game that I can truly say that I've enjoyed. I enjoyed the result that much is for sure from uh, the I follow proceedings on Saturday. The Lions of course drove up the M40 on the back of uh, a loss a couple of weeks ago now. Seems quite some time ago in this strange um, Covid season that we're all all trying to follow desperately via the aid of our screens, our, our devices, our pads, our whatever you watch your, your TV on. Um, loss at, disappointing loss at Swansea. A, a loss that left me feeling a little bit dispirited, I think possibly due to the fact that the season doesn't seem to have quite the same fire and pizzazz for obvious reasons. But also the, the, the quality of play at times down there in Wales, I felt was pretty pretty poor. And so it continued, I'm afraid to say, despite three changes to the team, starting at 11 on Saturday, Matt Smith up front, deservedly so, coming in for a start. Murray Wallace, I think, probably deservedly so. Although he's coming in to replace Scott Malone, I felt I'd done nothing wrong. But clearly Gary Rowett saw Adams Park as more of a Murray Wallace venue than perhaps a Scott Malone venue, I don't know. And the enigma that is Conor Mahoney starting further forwards on Saturday. So a 4-4-2, unusually, for the Lions, a middle team Starting eleven on Saturday being Bielkowski, about whom we will come back to shortly. Um, Marlon Romeo, Sean Hutchinson, Jakey Cooper, Murray Wallace across the back line in a four. Um, across the midfield, Jed Wallace, man of the match as it would transpire. Um, Ryan Woods, who I felt had a disappointing afternoon, a couple of disappointing afternoons for Ryan Woods of late. I know that he is the um, you know, the South Bermondsey answer to Perlow, the ginger Perlow, but uh, didn't see much evidence in High Wycombe on Saturday afternoon on a blustery day. Ryan Leonard did well, um, and then Conor Mahoney and a two up front of Smith and Bradshaw, the more 
tactically minded amongst us had them one behind the other, but I, there's a 442, big man, little man, it's got to be one next to the other. I, I don't know. I'm no tactician of the modern game, unlike many that follow the, follow the, the podcast. So anyway, 442 for me on Saturday. And the first missing name of note being Mason Bennett, um, Mr. Mr. Fragile, the, the Ming Vars of, of Zampa Road, it seems, who pulled up in training, um, twinged something or other. Um, I don't know what he's twinged, um, but he's twinged something and withdrawn from the squad on the basis of ultra caution. I suppose we've got a big week in front of us with a midweek fixture on to Luton. Um, so no place on the bench for Mason. On Saturday, it does make you wonder about the boys' um, resilience, dear listeners. I, you know, I, I know you can't help these things. If you're injured, you're injured, and if you pull up with a twinge, you've got to be careful, especially with his track record. But it does make you wonder, you know, how much of um, how much uh, of a long-term investment, such as we may be making in in Mason Bennett, he really will be. I hope it all works out, Mason, if you're listening. Um, I like what you can do. I like your, your ability and all the rest of it, but uh, injuries are going to be possibly your undoing, mate, at some point. So it was indeed a grey, blustery afternoon in High Wycombe. Um, no fans other than a bunch of rather dodgy-looking types up on the hillside behind the, the Adams Park Stadium, very leafy stadium, surrounded by woods and, uh, and, and, and the green fields of of uh, Buckinghamshire, but a group of um, ne'er-do-wells lurking about in the bushes. That was not a good look, chaps. I don't suppose they're listening to this show. But the afternoons got off to a scuffly start. It was a poor game, let's be quite honest. The first half uh, for the Lions, up to and including Bart's um, comic cuts attempt at a Cruyff turn inside his own six-yard box. What goes through goalkeepers' minds, I don't know. Your listeners, there's this modern idea that you play it out from the back, and I know I've, I've put this on Twitter before now that um, you know people say this is the, the the possession game, and you've got to get with 2020 and 2021. This is how it's played, but sometimes when you try a Cruyff turn and you are not Cru- Johan Cruyff, the, the Dutch master himself, if you are not him, very difficult manoeuvre, and and, and uh, sadly it went and blew up in Bart's face on Saturday. Eight minutes in, stepped on the ball and um, gave. The Wickham forward, uh, the openest of open goals to, to slot the ball in for 1-0. I must admit, uh, my heart sank still further on the back of that Swansea um, dull show. I thought, here we go again. I bet you did too, the listeners, having paid your tenor on, on iFollow. Especially as we proceeded to be pinned back largely around half for the first period of the game. 20 minutes um, or so, we seemed to struggle to get out of the Millwall half. Um, and yet there was potential in the side, and it did start to show itself as the half wore along. Certainly, the the minutes leading up to um, you know half time were a little bit um, uh, wobbly for the lines, but otherwise it was pretty much possession, possession, movement, movement, and chances were created. Um, I had a wide from Hutchinson, I've got here, and uh, a bundle wide by by Hutch again from uh, from a free kick cross on on thirty five minutes. So they were indeed. Um, chances being created, but as ever, the curse of our season and the thing that we're hoping that our, however, temporary loan signing, Kenneth Zahor, Zahori, Zahor, I, I think Zahore is a good way to say it. I don't know how he pronounces his name, but I'm going to say it's Zahore because it's got more of a continental feel. But we're hoping that's what he's coming to the club to, to try to address because um, 
the half closed at 1-0 to Wickham with a number of good goal-scoring chances that had gone a-begging for, for the Lions. Um, I find, and I want to hear what you think, dear listener, I find that we struggle against what I call the more basic sides. Uh, we, we didn't look comfortable against Rotherham and Stoke, um, which was a nil-nil from memory. Um, Rotherham, we, we, we won it, I know, and um, you know, some will say the result is all that counts. I just find, uh, as we did in the first half up at Wickham, against the more lumpen sides, we look slightly ill at ease. Uh, I don't know if we've become such a footballing um, academy or whatever you want to call it, house of artistry, that we don't know what to do when uh, the opposition lump it forward at pace and get men in and around the, the, the falling um, ball from the air, then we seem to be a little bit at loss at times. I thought we didn't look comfy in that first half, and it closed 1-0. And as I think the I follow commentary team, Carl Bates and Max put it, um, you know, there would need to be a bit of a bit of a rocket put up, a collective backside at half time by Gary Rowett. Which indeed there was, because straight from kickoff, pretty much in the second half, we managed to work a nice move down the right, a good cross into the box for Matt Smith. Give him the service and he'll put the chances away. Matt Smith, that one, last year's top goal scorer. Um he was bundled over inside the the, the six yard box. And brilliantly converted. The penalty was brilliantly converted by Jed Wallace into the top left corner for one each. And I don't know about you, dear listener, but my sigh of relief lasted, if it lasted 60 seconds, I'd be surprised. Wickham seemed to kick off and go straight down to our end of the pitch. One of their few forays forward, they didn't really create many chances, but this was a chance. The ball was ping-ponging around inside our six-yard box. A brilliant save from, from Bart, who had made that howler earlier on in the game. He redeemed himself with a brilliant save as the ball was pinballing around inside the penalty area to go wide in the end for a corner. Um, and then we really dodged the bullet. Now, I know, and I want to mention John, my, my correspondent. Um, John, you know, you, I know you'll be listening, John. You've pointed out that the there was a tug, apparently, a tug on the shirt of Bart Bielkowski from the corner as it swung in from the right. In real time, and even on a couple of the replays that I've seen, um, you know, on iFollow and then on, on social media, I couldn't really see much wrong with it. But apparently, Quest, the uh, TV highlights show, said there was a tug on the shirt of, of Bart Bielkowski. I, I hadn't seen it. If there was, then, you know, thank thank the Archangel Gabriel, whoever looks over Millwall this week. But I didn't see it in real time, and the ball went straight into the net from the corner. It should have been a goal. I'm seeing those given. I might have given it myself. It was a was an unbiased neutral referee. But we dodged a bullet there because I think that should have been 2-1 in, in most normal assessments of the game. But as it was, we dodged it, one all. It remained, allowing us to trundle back down the upper end and win another chance for um, Smith from a Marlon Cross on 52. And then the winning goal, which is another nice move and really, really nice finish for Ryan Leonard. I know that... Um, He's 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 had his difficulties at, at Millwall. I mean, he's never really ignited. The decision he does seem to be making a specialty of spectacular goals. And clearly, Gary Rowett sees him as an integral part of the midfield. He's a repeat pick, starting pick. So, well done, Ryan Leonard. That was uh, one of the... I know he scored a spectacular a few weeks ago, back in the, um, in, in the kind of post-lockdown football. He's got a long-range shot from distance at Huddersfield, I seem to remember. Um, but that was a good goal. That was a well-finished goal from a nice move, and that was the winning chance, of course. We didn't come on to one of the um, most spectacular near misses I think you'll ever see in football. Missed, of course, by 
in real time by the iFollow camera. And I can't entirely blame them for it, dear listener, because um, you can't blame, you can't, no one can go expecting a long range shot from Jake Cooper on the halfway line that actually hit the crossbar in 74 minutes. I don't think anyone could have predicted that. Uh, the camera didn't pick up the, the trajectory of the, the ball at all, though the replay did. Um, just inside our own half, David Beckham style shot from a free kick on the halfway line that was oh so close it hit the crossbar uh the goalkeeper in his efforts to to fend it off actually crashed into his own net causing some minutes worth of delay whilst um the the, the groundsman attempted to repair the net apparently cheeky chappy had a akin fenmar suggested to jake that the game be abandoned because they couldn't repair the net ho 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 i'm sure that was uh, i'm sure he's laughing a minute at the christmas party at the akin fenmar um, but that was that was not the end of the chances. Smith uh, had another chance from another Jed Wallace cross. Plenty of chances, plenty of opportunities to score. And arguably, if this is not being too harsh to listeners, we should have had more than the two that actually won the game. Speaking after the game to the, the BBC manager, Gary Rowett, um, made the point that we had a very poor first half. So we did. And... It was good to see us actually get some football flowing in that second period, even though it was up against a, a poor Wickham side. Um, I, I, they always have a, a slightly awkward feel to me, Wickham. They're one of those teams, a little bit like Wimbledon back in the old days. You never see a good game of football with Wickham Wanderers in it. And our record against them is actually quite indifferent. I think it's something like uh, we've won about eight or nine. They've won about seven or eight and the rest are draws. It's not not brilliant. And a trip to Adams Park is always, like I said earlier in the show, a scuffly experience. So to go there and to come away with the three points is a good achievement. Um, Rowett said he didn't want to speak too much about Bart's error. That was a howler. And he also, also I thought, um, leaving aside the apparent shirt tug, which I didn't see, but I thought he was at fault for the, um, the disallowed goal because it went over his head and into the net. Um, so a bit of a mare for Bart on Saturday. First one we've seen from him. Um, he came to us, obviously, from Ipswich, um, had a, a brilliant season last year, player of the season. Um, at Ipswich, he had a bit of a reputation for butterfingers at times. Um, he was in front of a poorer defence. Maybe today the defence was just up against a rough, uh, rough house side. Um, like I've said a few times, Wickham came to, to try and push us around and the defence weren't comfortable at times. I think we've struggled a little bit against such sides this season. And Bart had an off day. Um, as he said, as Rowett said, though, he saved us more than many times. He made some good saves at the same time on Saturday. He saved us last season many times too, so you can't get too fixated on Bart Bielkowski. Man of the match, um, Jed Wallace by a Buckinghamshire country mile. Um, I was speaking to Doug in Stockholm, if he's listening, Doug. And I think he made the point that we'll be struggling to keep hold of Jed in this kind of form if he keeps on this... Um, rate of movement, um, ability with the ball. Um, it's almost like the Jed that we had a, a, a little while ago before he started to take the world upon his shoulders. We'll struggle to keep him in the in the January window, but let's worry about that nearer the time. But he was certainly man of the match. Um, poor show, I thought, from Ryan Woods. And the last couple of games, I've not been massively impressed with Ryan Woods. I think if he's not allowed to play, he doesn't play. And that's obviously... The gold dust in the midfield of dear listeners, those that can enforce their will on the game, no matter the physical intimidation or the or the or the or the kind of you know the quality of the opposition. Um, but sometimes I think if 
if Ryan Woods doesn't have the space to play, he doesn't have the ability to create it. Um, I'm sure Gary Rowett would pick me up on that. And others might do too, but that's just the way it seems to me. He's had a few games where his, his passing has not been that impressive. Um, but anyway, we wait to see what, uh, what comes on, on Tuesday night against Luton. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Achtung, Mailball. The Lions will go into tomorrow night's evening fixture on Sky Television and also on the iFollow if you don't have Sky. Um, coming into the game seventh after... How would you describe the start of the season, this dear listeners? I, I, I'm struggling for the right words. It's been moderate, but then again, we're sitting in seventh position, which is um, historically undreamed of heights for the Lions, isn't it? So perhaps we've got to be a bit careful that we don't develop highfalutin tastes and start to, to think we have some you know, right to be in the, in the in the top six. Luton sit just above us, actually, in sixth spot. They've not had a bad start to the season themselves. Um so tomorrow's not quite a showdown, but certainly two teams that have made moderate to OK starts to the season and will be looking for better. Um, as I say, live on Sky TV tomorrow, it's Super Tuesday night coming from the Den. Well done to the club, incidentally, whilst I think of it, for the um, executive lounge opening. Apparently there was a, a good afternoon had by those that went along to watch the beam back on, on Saturday afternoon. Meal and drinks to be had in the exec lounge. And if there's any more of those kinds of events, then... More power to the club's elbow. Do get on it, dear listeners. It's apparently it was a good afternoon, and I've read some good reports online about the, the quality of the of the hospitality the club laid on, whilst being COVID safe, of course. A little bit of housekeeping. I had a couple of emails from some of our US-based listeners. So the first one up is from Stuart Bullen, I believe is in Los Angeles. Correct me if I'm wrong, Stuart. Apologies if so. 
Um, he's making the point to me that he wants to buy some stuff from the club shop. He's, he's California-based. Um, wants to buy stuff in the club shop, supports the club, um, subscribes to iFollow, $180 per annum, he says. Um, went to buy some stuff from the uh, the club shop to be sent to the US, and as he puts it, the postage to uh, stateside is 30 fucking pounds, as he puts it. <laughs> 30, pay, 30 quid, basically. Are they kidding me? What's it made of? Tungsten, he asks. Um, the, the gear itself only comes to 37 quid or something of that kind. The point being the costs of sending stuff to the US. Now, I don't know whether Millwall have any influence over that, and I don't know what the what the deal is on that front. But if you are listening, um, Millwall, um, we have an American listener that wants to buy some stuff from the from the club shop um, to support the club, and it wants to charge him thirty quid for for, for transit. So that can't be uh, an enticement to buy more stuff, to say the least. Thank you to Stuart for that email, and um, let's let's hope it has the right the right impact. Second email from Paul Larkin, another United States listener. This time, I think he's on the East Coast. Um, mentions the show we did last week with with uh, Ryan and and Aaron about the restructuring of the football league and the uh, the project big picture that was shot to to pieces apparently, or or has it in last week's Premier League meeting. But uh, Paul just wanted to um, pick me up slightly on some of the comments that we're making about the American football system, the NFL particularly. And I think I said it and described it as a closed shop. And Paul is saying here that um, it's not quite a closed shop insofar as you can buy into it. You can buy into the ownership of the of the clubs in a sense, I suppose, as you can here with the Premier League in, in, in that way. If you've got the money, you can you can buy into the uh, the, the Jacksonville Jaguars or the uh, you know the, uh, the the Tennessee Titans or, or whoever. If if you've got the dough, basically, Paul is saying it's not a closed shop for that reason, and that ensures you have the finances to sustain the club. In other words, there's a kind of a a sifting process. I think I probably I hope I'm describing what you're saying correctly here, Paul. That enables the the side to be financially sustained. Secondly, what and this is a this is a good point that you're making here, Paul, is the structure of the NFL and and to my knowledge, to many of the other major sports in America, including MLB, baseball, um, and and the NHL, hockey, and so on, basketball. Um, there is there is a they have a draft system, nothing like it in in Britain or or new European sports that I'm aware of. Um, but there's a there's a draft system where the worst team in last year's competition gets the pick of the new college draft. Uh, the the, the pr- most promising kids coming through get the you know the, the the worst side so to speak from last season get the pick of those of the, of the talent, which is a great system and it works. I'm going to use the word again, Paul. That it's a closed shop system in the sense that you can't start new clubs up and and, and just enter into the NFL. But I, I take your point about. You can buy your way into it. the The draft system is an interesting one. It's very American. Um, nothing like it elsewhere in the world that I'm aware of. Correct me if anyone can, uh, you know, point me in, a, in the direction of something similar in other sports and other places. But certainly in the European context, nothing like it. Um, but it does ensure a balance of competition, which is Paul's second, I think, probably the main point that you want your competition to be. Um, a, I nearly use the word vibrant. I, I, I know that's a loaded term for some. 
<laughs> you want your competition to be to be competitive. You want teams to have a chance so that it's not always going to be Manchester City. It's not always going to be Liverpool or, or, or Arsenal, Spurs, United, whoever, that are the only ever candidates to win it, which is the European downfall, of course. And it's where we've got ourselves to in Britain. Um, and it applies in Spain and, and, and Italy, where it's only ever a handful of clubs that have a realistic chance of winning their respective leagues. Um, Paul makes the point of the New England Patriots, who have dominated the NFL for the last 15 years ago, with um, the Alex Ferguson of the NFL in charge. That, that's, I believe that's Bill Belichick, I believe. Um, apologies, I'm, I'm not up to speed with the NFL. I know, I know it a little bit, but I'm not up to the latest changes. So if Belichick's no longer there, forgive me. And he says that once they lose that influence, that they may uh, fall back into mediocrity again. Um, when you know, when when he first started following, they were one of the worst teams around. So the point being that the NFL, as much of a money machine, which is what the, the Americanized owners of Liverpool and, and Manchester United and Arsenal are wanting to achieve here in in, in the Premier League, is balanced with a a very American system of um, allocating talent to try and keep the competition as fairly and, and as good to watch as possible. And I think that's that's a very interesting point and there's nothing like it in, in any of the proposals that we've seen here. So good point. Thank you for the email, Paul. That's much appreciated, mate. And um, just to make the point, I, I don't know if I came across as or we came across as anti-American in our in our show last week, I, I would run a mile rather than have that said about me. I love American. I love American sports. And I always enjoy my trips over to the uh, to the US. So um, far be it from me. It was, a, it was a critique of the proposals and the players involved in the drama that's going on here in, in England at the moment. One more message. This is via WhatsApp, so it's not an email, but it's from Doug in Stockholm. And he makes a great point. And I take this point, Doug, if you're listening. I know you'll be listening. He enjoyed the show last week, Aaron and Ryan. He enjoyed the show, myself. But it sounded like old blokes. That's harsh, but it's only ever harsh when there's an element of truth in there. I know what you mean, Doug, because I think that there's a hankering for a past that may have not be possible to come back in some of the fan reactions. I think that's what you're driving at. The NFL think they have an atmosphere, but it's not. It's, it's a money league. Um, I think... As much as there is a hankering for a golden era of a football league, I think that's gone past. Now, that's not to say you can't organise it more fairly, and I think there's a lot that we can learn, as we've said already with, with, with Paul from, from uh, the US there. There's a lot we can learn from America in terms of somehow trying to balance out the, the competitive nature of the leagues. Every league that you're in needs to have a balance where you have a chance to win it. and you know, if you can spread that across the league, if you can spread the money to sustain clubs, because it does come back to money, no, no one can exist without it. Some, some people think that you can. It's an endless pot, and it isn't. Others think that it's the only thing in town. It's not. There's a balance to be struck here, and I think that the proposals shot down in pieces last week, um, as flawed as they were, and I, I can see the arguments against the, the, the big picture, the seizure of power by the, the big six clubs as, as they are at the moment. I can see the flaws in that. But it did attempt and did at least put on the table the whole subject of fairer allocation of TV money through the Championship Leagues 1 and 2 and even into the National League as well because the whole pyramid is important. 
Now, we wait to see. There's been another um, plan of David Bernstein, Phil Neville, Gary Neville, sorry, and um, others put forward a plan for fan involvement in, in the game. I, I read it. I like the look of it, but it all felt a bit wishy-washy, if I'm honest, in the sense of um, right here, right now, there's a, there's a financial crisis looming and, and clubs will need money very, very soon. Balanced in the poker game that's been going on, the, the, the Project Big Picture was shot down by the Premier League. They then offered a £50 million bailout fund for the Football League, which has been rejected by the Football League. So um, there's a game of poker going on here, dear listeners. I'm not sure who has the upper hand in this game of poker or whether there is an upper hand. Maybe only the big six clubs at the very top of the, of the Premier League have any kind of real hand in, in the game. But certainly the Football League have, have rejected the deal that was offered by the Premier League clubs. Not sure where it's going to go for the moment. Um, Rick Parry, uh, from other columnists I've read, seen the head of the Football League, seems to be seen by the EFL clubs to be playing um, a good hand. Um, we remain you know, fixated on this. I, I apologise if... Um, if anyone thinks that it's um, we're going on about it, but it remains a, a major crossroads in, in English football, and something's got to give in this situation. So um, we'll follow this this subject as it unfolds in the weeks ahead. And a lot of clubs' survival depends on the on the outcome of it. We shall see, dear listeners. So thank you for listening to this um, Monday afternoon coffee with Nick type show. Um, incidentally, there's still one or two of the yearbooks left. I've got about five or six still in the garage. So if anyone's interested in buying one, um, it'll all go to charity. Do visit the millwallsupportersclub.co.uk forward slash shop. Go to the, the MSC website, the shop, and it's 12 quid. Money goes to charity. And I want to shift them. I'm going to try and work on a new project after this. Once we've got this dealt with, I'm going to try and get another... Um, book produced in time for Christmas if I can be bothered if I can be asked we'll see but more news on that in due course thank you for listening dear listeners I always appreciate your listening and your support and your kind messages and uh, we'll be back after the Tuesday night um, evening game versus Luton we'll have a show recorded on the Wednesday so probably next show will be out by Thursday Friday something of that kind thank you for listening dear listeners thank you for tuning into Achtung Millwall number one Millwall podcast Arriva Deutsche Millwall Thank you for listening to Aston Millwall. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a cheeky little review. However, that's you Millwall. Till next time. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 